Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Dada Astrology live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. Peace, peace, everyone. Um, before I get too far into it, let me make sure I can be heard. Simply because I have recorded or thought I recorded an entire yes, show. Okay, there we go. Um, uh, thought I recorded an entire show before, uh, and then come to find out, all that got recorded was the intro. So I did confirm we're live. We're in full effect. Mercury is direct. Thank God. Um, now, there, there's still, and this is a testament to that, obviously, we're literally still moving back through this territory. So if anything, what Mercury stationing directs, especially while it's still in shadow um, or in the zone, as you may have heard it referred to, um, is that, you know, we're not in new territory just yet. We are going back through this same area of these final degrees or the the last half of the degrees of Capricorn uh, for the third and final time until it hits again um, next year, right? So um, some of these themes, these same themes themes we may still be dealing with for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Y'all know I can't keep a charge on my phone during a Mercury retrograde. And so, I mean, you know, I'm bound to my... Again, usually I'm up walking around with my phone and everything, but uh, <clears throat> I'm bound yet again simply because it's still charging. <laughs> and so um, in addition to that, uh, last week on the show, y'all heard that the phone literally just cut off, cut it completely off, powered down in the middle of me recording the show. Um, uh, I just purchased a second headset. My first I, I have that will make two headsets that I purchased since Mercury went retrograde. I purchased one the day on the fifth, the day that it's stationed. And um I just purchased another one here yesterday. So I mean it's been big if you're if you're Mercury ruled it's been a, a busy period of course, um depending on your sign. It could have also been a hectic period. Uh, I'm looking at the chat right now uh, for those who may be online and in the chat room. And on my screen, I was able to chat. I even posted a message. You may see it if you're on that end. But I had to refresh my screen because it did something wonky. And now it's just a blue screen. And I can't type. I can't see if anybody's typed. I am so over Mercury Retrograde. It's not even funny. But um, these lessons that we are being called to learn, that's what Capricorn is, the fact that um, it's been retrograding mostly in Capricorn is, uh, you know, you you sense it. You sense the lessons. You sense the karmic uh, weight of of the time that, that we're going through right now, the karmic weight of the communications that we're having, the karmic weight of um, the traveling, the local and stateside travel that we've been doing. So um, it's 
almost over. <laughs> I still look at, you know, my chart is Mercury rules, so I definitely count that shadow period. I count that the, the two weeks before and after because that you, you're still in that area and territory of, of strong, impactful influence, okay? So, you know, take heart in knowing that uh, we've managed through, if anything, the territory we're going through right now, we've already been through it twice. You know, speaking of the degrees that we're passing through, that Mercury's passing through again. Um, so if anything, it should definitely, we should be a bit more familiar with these energies by now. We should feel like maybe, hopefully, <laughs> we have a better handle on it and um, instead of it having a handle on us, that is three one. Uh, one thing uh, with Mercury being retrograde and, and having such impactful and powerful contact with planets like Uranus, you know, um, um, and Pluto, it definitely hasn't been easy, but um, it will, it's getting it's getting easier. Why? Because we are learning the lessons. Why? Because we are putting in the hard work. It's, I mean, it's hard's got to be, you know, just the opposite of easy. It's not easy making these um, life-altering decisions, um, having these powerful communications and not letting the lower or negative energies get the better of us. Um, it, it, it's been a struggle um, at certain points throughout this time. So um, Mercury literally conjuncted Pluto. So, I mean, that was just, a burst of power, and then it squared Uranus, and, and these are all influences that were there on this past Monday when it faced it. So, um, with the, the the square to Uranus, I mean the shocking. I don't know about y'all, but you know the shocking news and uh, shocking or experiences or unexpected experiences that forced us to change plans, to get on a new path, um, the tempo of life just feeling, I mean, the, even today, I might as well announce it right now, uh, I, I more than likely won't be, uh, I will pick up the line if someone has a question, please feel free, I appreciate um, such powerful uh, support, it's, it's, it's unbelievable sometimes that so many of you are so very interested, apparently, in what I have to say and the way that I have to say it. So I just appreciate all of you. Um, last week, I, I, out of the five people I had to contact, I was successfully able to get a hold of four of you guys. Um, uh, Patricia, who called in last week, you I will talk to if you're available. Um, I will talk to you after today's show. Everyone else, I will gladly open the line and we can have any discussion. I just may not be able to follow up with you until tomorrow. But, you know, I got Mercury Uranus in my chart. Then we've got this Mercury square Uranus transit, and it it can be a lot. (laughs) You can only take so many shocking experiences (laughs) that force you to change your plans until it's like, you know what, I'm having a timeout today. After the show today, I'm going to call back the person I have to call back. All my regular clients are, of course, taken care of. 
Everything else can wait. <laughs> you know, because the nervous tension is real. The anxiety can be very real. And, and that, if unchecked, is what leads to the accident. That, if unchecked, is what leads to the breakdown. That, if unchecked, is what leads to just burnout. Uranus is that lightning, the, 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 the nerves and the, you know, you can send a message. If you touch something hot, that message is going to your brain pretty quick thanks to Uranus' influence um, of the, the, the travel, the speed at which information can travel, okay? And we got Mercury already the planet of travel and communications, and throwing Uranus on there, it can be. A lot. It could be a challenge if you're not conscious of what's going on, so you can consciously slow down. You're in this little fast, baby, and sometimes you gotta slow down. Okay, slow that 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 uh, the 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 pathway that is tra- take some. De- I've been taking plenty of deep breaths. Come on, consciously. It's not that I don't do it already, but it's been more conscious and a more conscious effort having to get put into calming down, slowing down. So uh, we get information so fast just on when you talk about mentally, emotionally, all this stuff. And in a linear time, day to day, moment to moment, literally minute to minute, hour to hour, it, it, it doesn't go that fast. It doesn't go that fast in lin- when you're talking about linear time. When you're talking about linear time, you, it makes me think of Saturn and Capricorn and those energies, and that energy is slow. It ain't nothing fast about Capricorn, baby. Nothing fast about the way Saturn does something. It's taking its time because it's going to get it right the first time, you know. And if not, like we're having the Mercury retrograde in Capricorn, maybe you didn't get that energy right the first time. Try it now. Second time, okay? Try it now. We're going back to for the third pass. Additionally, during Mercury retrograde and more specifically here when it's stationed on Monday, there was a sextile to Mars. That was a blessing because it just it, it helped that, that sextile, that mild opportunity for harmony um, did it cause a reduction in the risk of the aggressiveness and the debating and the argument. So that that really helped, especially with Mars being in Scorpio and it, it being so powerful and so intense. Um, good thing it was forming a harmonious uh, aspect to Mercury. Um yeah, Mars was trining Neptune at the time. Mercury stationed as well. Uh, could have been problematic, but it definitely wasn't aggressive, of course. And may have been more beneficial to those who feel who have felt like the underdogs in battle or the ones who have felt like they've been persecuted or victimized, um, that energy definitely should have had a influence, especially if you're ruled Pisces, um, rising, ruled by Neptune or Pisces Sun. 
And then um, Saturn was also trining Uranus at the time as well. And so uh, out of the chaos, <laughs> that was Mercury retrograde January 2016. Uh, hopefully uh, there was order. There's ultimately order being brought out of that. And hopefully uh, any negative influences can be washed aside as water under the bridge, okay? Um and we can revisit this energy of Saturn shining Uranus um, during the holidays of this year, 2016. Okay, so that's that. Um, the moon entered Virgo um, after Mercury stationed, and uh, we're under that influence and energy still today. So hopefully with the moon being in Virgo and us being emotionally satisfied to, to detox, you know, since Mercury stationed um, to, of course, Virgo is, is talking about our health and our daily routines, right? So we're being emotionally satisfied to take care of the, of the stuff that we must, um, finishing um, things off. Uh, as far as our health, definitely drinking lots of water, um, feeling compelled to, you know, the things we know we should be doing on a day-to-day basis, it emotionally satisfies us during a time like Moon and Virgo to actually do those things. Oh, I should stretch every day. Probably been feeling more inclined or feeling more compelled to do stuff like that. Stretch, walk more, park far farther away or take the stairs at work or something. Switching up that routine to accommodate feeling good about your daily routine and your health, okay? And that's going to be in effect until um, just not too long from now. A couple of hours from now, 6, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, the moon does conjunct Jupiter, which is a beautiful energy. Um, The moon conjuncted Jupiter, I believe, uh, January the 1st. Um, Y'all know I'll be wanting to know make sure I'm right. But yeah, I believe it was January the 1st, um, New Year's Day for um, USA Holiday Observers. Okay, it must have been literally the day before New Year's. That's right. It was that one of those last aspects, um, I believe, on New Year's Eve. But it was really close to that day. And uh, so if you remember kind of the energy of that time, we're going to revisit that this evening, which not only should the moon going void, of course, at this time, give a a certain ease. You know, nothing's going to come of the things you do or initiate in the next 14 hours and 49 minutes once 6, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time hits. So basically it's going to be void overnight up until 8.59 a.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow when the moon goes into Libra. So you've got a couple of reasons. The fact that it's actually making that conjunction to Jupiter and the fact that it is actually turning, uh, sending, setting the mood off, moon off into void, of course, status. So um, tonight ain't the night to launch or start that big project. Tonight is not the night to um, have that first date with somebody you just met. Uh, Tonight is the night, comfortable surroundings and familiar people, um, finishing up things, tying up loose ends, finding things you may have lost. It's an awesome period for that. And I, I, I... 
it, it bothered me immediately after the show last week that I didn't get to give y'all a heads up. It just slipped my mind. I was trying to write there at the end of the show, rush and hurry up and get some stuff in. But um, we started the week off with this, this whole week just, you know, void, of course, galore. Um, we started the week off in void, of course, uh, for a whole day, a whole day, Sunday late evening, it was at 8.51 p.m. Central Standard Time, and then pretty much all of Monday, um, the moon didn't go into Virgo until Monday evening at 9.46 p.m. Central Standard Time. I wanted to mention that, and I apologize that I didn't. Hopefully by now y'all have been following along and y'all look for stuff like that. Um, you know, web search it, void, void. when's the moon going to be void? Okay. Because sometimes these periods can be like an hour, and sometimes they can be a day. And so if you want to know why nothing ever came of this, you know, one, we had a beautiful first date on Sunday. I don't know why I haven't heard from him. Okay, you know, you had this first date during this period of time where what you initiate, likely nothing's going to come of it. And it just has to do with the energy. Um. Let's see. So then we got Thursday um, rising, pretty much 9 a.m., the moon enters Libra. So, I mean, we went into void, of course, status with the moon conjunct Jupiter in a really, you know, harmonious energy. Um, it was it, it went void, of course, in Virgo. So if not, you may feel like you just want to do something, just don't initiate anything new. I wouldn't advise it. Uh, but when it goes into Libra here tomorrow morning, it should really, I mean, Libra's ruled by Venus, and whatever Venus touches, it, it, it's bringing balance. It's bringing beauty. It's bringing harmony. It's, when the moon's in Libra, we're going to be emotionally satisfied by harmonizing, being diplomatic, going ahead and smoothing out any difference and balancing things where there's been imbalance, okay? Um, it's very social in Libra, so we definitely will feel like um, socializing, um, anything centered around beauty, beautifying your home, beautifying you, um uh, I love when Venus influence is strong and I, you know, usually get an impulse to do something different to my hair or something like that. But it's a beautiful energy with um, the moon in Libra. So you should enjoy that. That's Thursday rising all the way through until the moon. The moon. I tried to say moon and void all at the same time. My brain, does, it goes too fast sometimes. But the moon goes void in Libra um, on Friday, uh, Friday night at 7.34 p.m. Central Standard Time. So in between now and then, or I apologize, uh, tomorrow rising at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time and then will be uh, really conducive for smoothing out any differences whatsoever, uh, you know, under a Libra moon, we're not trying to get into it. Now, we may be vacillating a little bit, so watch for that because, you know, Libra can see both scales of justice, right? So they can see both sides of a situation, and that may tend to make us indecisive and just take a little longer coming to decisions because we just see both sides of any given situation. Um, 
we definitely don't want to lose anybody's approval during this time. You know, it's just more emotionally satisfying to have pleasing interactions and be organized in our relationships um, and beautify them, okay? In between, while the moon is in Libra, uh, we've got that much-coveted aspect between the sun and moon, which is the trine. Sun trines moon Friday, early, early rising, 2.55 a.m. Central Standard Time. It just sets the tone, um, especially before the moon goes void there that night at 7.34 p.m. Central Standard Time. Friday is going to be a great day to start a project, the very antithesis of a void moon, right? The sun is beautifully beaming, harmonizingly trining the moon, and it's a good day to start a project, a business, or an important activity, okay? Any activity you deem important, even if it's not uh, business-related, you know, Important activities themselves could be deemed as projects. A project doesn't always have to mean, you know, I've got these tools I'm gathering and these materials. It can just be a project to have a good attitude. Come on. How many of y'all been struggling to have a good attitude? <laughs> I had to get crook on that one because that, that could be a project. That could be a project. And under the influence of a sunshine moon, you can you can harness and utilize these energies more easily and possibly more effectively than during other times, okay? I know I am going to take divine advantage of it. It's just a couple of days away, and I am ripe and due for <laughs> starting an important activity that could really manipulate and change for the better uh, certain energies, okay? So, you know, that's why I'm here, giving y'all the info real succinct and real concise-like and, and in linear time order because I know the value in knowing some stuff ahead of time. <laughs> I'm not perfect at it yet, trust me. I got my own lessons to continue to learn, but I've learned enough to be hosting this show to be consulting with clients successfully. Oh, shout out real quick. Obviously, I'm not going to identify this client, but shout out to my client. I had a consult with this week that, um, I mean, five minutes after we got off the phone, some of the same things we had been looking at during our consultation came up. And let me tell you this right here. Uh, when you have a prominent Uranus in your chart, and by prominent, I mean it can, Uranus can be prominent in, in, in our charts for an, a myriad of reasons. Um, you can be Aquarius rising, which I am not, so Uranus is still prominent in my chart. You can have a major conjunction to Uranus by another um, planet, which gives increases its you know influence, strength, power. Um, you can have it placed in a, you know, really pivotal house or area of life that it would govern. Um, so there's, there's, there's different ways. But uh, this particular client did, does have a prominent Uranus in her chart. And, of course, Uranus is the sudden and unexpected thing. And shortly after our consult, uh, they she had let me know that some sudden and unexpected things had happened and what was so beneficial 
was that we were just looking at that part of her natal chart because of some transits um, impacting that, which, you know, when you're having Mercury impact your Uranus, okay, Mercury's the communications, it's the travel, you might, you just might get an unexpected message. Uranus and Mercury, that's unexpected communication. And then if you happen to just have Uranus yoked up with uh, with Pluto in your chart, the, the sudden unexpected communications you may tend to receive throughout your lifetime are probably going to be those of the Plutonian kind, the transformative kind, the powerful kind, the life-altering kind, the death and rebirth kind, the ones that cause you to have to reinvent yourself when you was doing just, you, you had just got all your ducks in a row, and bam. So that's why I've opened up um, opened up my line, the newest service that I started here at the beginning of the year of 2016 to offer. It really goes hand in hand, and I think that's why it's been so successful so far and such a beautiful marriage. And I've had to... Um, you know, I'm going to have to raise the price on it at some point. I have a promotional price that I'm doing it for now, introductory price for these first few people getting in on it. It'll never be that price again. Um, but what it does, because it's, um, it's a steal at this price, what it is for about the same price I was just strictly doing the monthly transit reports, uh, I'm now including an hour's worth of consult time each week. That's doing a few things. It's letting, it's allowing uh, myself and my clients to build up a rapport and a, uh, a relationship to where I'm getting to know these, you know, my clients' charts and them through by way of, of studying their charts with them and teaching it. And that that it was born out of that. Primarily, one of my clients was like, "I just love your delivery, and I want to learn my chart, and I want you to teach me. You know, <laughs> I want you to teach me." <laughs> so. And so it's just been beautiful. I'm so thankful. Thank you all, all, all of my beautiful clients. My clients are so freaking powerful because they're so, gosh darn smart, and and they're not waiting on me to tell them something. I mean, come on. I'm I'm, I'm throwing in some uh, aspects here in the week ahead that include Kyron and stuff like that because I'm seeing the stuff that I have not necessarily been sharing on air Oh, baby, my clients are ready for it. She's going to come tell me about her Chiron, about her, uh, well, I already know that my North know this, that, and so I'm like, what? Go ahead, you know. So it's so, we we don't even really scratch the surface good on these shows. So um, developing these relationships by way of this um, new promotion that I'm offering and service, it really, really in all the difference. And, I'll just have to, uh, I guess, get some. I have great emails from them. Maybe have them come on the line or something or say, say something one time. But, uh, it, you know, it's going good, going great. Uh, also, Friday, after the moon goes void, uh, Mercury conjuncts Pluto. All right, Mercury stationed on Monday, right? And so Friday is going to be this. First, uh, not first, but these passes back over uh, or these connections that were made 
during the retrograde. Now it's making it while Mercury is going direct, okay? So this is the, about the third time for these as well. Um, Mercury conjuncted Pluto already, and it's going to do it again Friday, late, late night, 11.58 p.m. Central Standard Time. Obviously, for some of you, even if you're just in the Eastern Time Zone, it's actually Saturday, uh, early, early, early rise. It'll be 12.58 a.m., okay? Uh, and you can refer to last week's episode because that's when we dug into the Mercury conjunct Pluto real deep. Um, if you're Mercury rule, Virgo or Gemini rising, or if you're Pluto rule, Scorpio rising, uh, I would even say Scorpio, Sun and Scorpio. I, I would definitely take a look at it. Um, Pluto is just and when it's right there with Mercury, Trust me, Pluto is overpowering that Mercury, so or at least magnifying it to the point where communication, travel, business is going to be amplified, powerified, powerful. Okay, and so uh, it's a trip because here we have Mercury conjuncting Pluto for the second time this Friday, late late night, early Saturday. For the second time in a week, and usually it only happens once a year, okay? So definitely if you didn't do Merck conjunct Pluto right the first time, you, well, this is it for until a year from now, okay? Uh, this week's uh, Mercury-Pluto conjunction, or uh, should I say last week, I, I wrote this last week, Last week's Mercury-Pluto conjunction happened under a Cancer moon, okay? So these powerful communications, these impactful, life-transformative travels and business um, uh, interactions were under the moon that, that gave healing potential, um, the feelings, very feelings, running deep-oriented, um, and, and it was favorable of us during that time to remain aware of our personal needs. Here this week, um, this Friday or Saturday, it's happening under a void of course moon, okay, in Libra. So we're we're taking stock, we're finishing up these powerful communications and the ramifications thereof. You know, these, these, these trends happen and, and these impacts are made, and then we deal and live with the ramifications of them. So it, it, at this point, maybe we're more taking stock of finishing up, you know, really gleaning all the insights. Um, and, 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 and while we're under the void, of course, moon and Libra, the pleasing interactions, the diplomacy, the making amends, the compromise, okay, so it's two different energies that this Mercury-Pluto conjunction happens under. And hopefully, like I said, with this one happening this week, this final one until it happens again a year from now, that it's definitely more pleasing um, and diplomatic and we're at least willing to make amends, that open-heartedness to be willing to, okay? Then Saturday, last day of our current week, before I jump into the week ahead for you guys, um, Saturday, 10.44 a.m. Central Standard Time, um, Saturday Rising, we've got Venus sextiling Neptune. I usually don't talk a lot about the sextiles, but you know what? 
it's been so freaking challenging <laughs> with all these squares and Mercury and Uranus and Pluto that I just thought I added in there. Um, Venus sextiling Neptune um, happens this Saturday. It, it happens again May the 9th of 2016 and November 19th of 2016. And this energy just is arousing our sensual and caring side. Um, it's a really, uh, we have increased sensitivity in sexual relations with our partners. It's a good time for passionate romantic encounters. We may discover imaginative ways to increase our erotic pleasure. It's a really good time for dating, um, not necessarily for the sex end of it, but energetically more so for the increased magnetic allure that um, we'll all be under that will attract a tender, a more tender and caring person. People you tend to meet or link with romantically if you're single under this kind of influence uh, are going to tend to be more tender, okay, and caring. I've been reading a lot lately. I'm telling you, it's coming from all different kind of directions. I don't know if y'all follow Makalesi um, on YouTube. She's amazing her and Cyrus King, but uh, they just put out a video talking about nice guys uh, not necessarily finishing last. I've been uh, coming across different um, blog posts of different people. It seemed like it's a recurring theme here, and this is definitely an in, an influence for uh, nice guys, okay? Uh, for my women that are listening, if you want a nice guy, guess what? This is the weekend to find him. Put, put yourself out there or him to find you. But I, I, I pretty much can guarantee he's not going to come knocking on your door. So put yourself in the places and the positions that you need to be in to allow the beauty of this transit to work in your favor. This is the single woman's transit. I say if you're looking for a nice guy, but, you know, um, tender, caring, a genuine soul, a, a more spiritual partner, okay? And to get off that <laughs> box, I can see I'm a single woman, so I can stay there forever. I know so much about it. Um, but additionally, it's a really good time for shopping. We are talking Venus and its higher octave Neptune here in a harmonious relationship. So all things beauty, shopping for clothes, cosmetics, jewelry, decorating your home, adding any kind of luxury to your life. Um, it, it, we tend, Even if you have, tend to have bad taste under this, this influence, you're, we're given or graced with temporarily if it doesn't come naturally to you, an eye for beauty, okay? Um, inspire creativity. It's a great time to dance. You don't need to be at a club. You don't need to be on a dance floor. Any floor is your dance floor under this influence. It's a good time for music, making music, be the music, feel the music, okay? Melodies just coming up out of your heart and flowing out of your mouth or flowing through the pen. Come on. Um, uh, or through the brush, because other beautiful creative expressions like painting and sculpture are just perfect under this influence. It's a good transit for making movies, 
<laughs> that makes me think of uh, some of the first things I was saying about it, you know, the passionate romantic encounters, increased sensitivity in the sexual relations, discovering imaginative ways to increase your erotic pleasure. Uh, but even if it's not that, it is a good transit for Neptune rules the film, film industry, film, movies of of all kinds, not just romantic kinds. So it's a good transit for making movies or even sharing romantic moments on the Internet, okay? Um, if if you have been exceeding low self-esteem, right, then this is a great time to show off in front of the mirror or the webcam to yourself. Nobody has to see it unless you want them to, but we can utilize these uh, mediums that are being influenced under a transit like this um, in such a way to build or rebuild um, our self-esteem, okay? You may not get it while you're doing it, but trust me, the universe gets it. So just a suggestion. Um, friends and groups of people uh, will be more important to us. Venus, once again, is very social. And so Neptune being its higher octave, uh, you may enjoy seeing a movie or enriching your life through serving others, through charities. You may enjoy going to the movies with a group of people this weekend. Um, unselfish, um, our unselfish and compassionate natures will increase our self-esteem as well as make a real difference to others, okay? So it's just going to feel good this weekend to be unselfish, to be compassionate. It's going to make us feel good because you got to have it in order to give it away, and that's got to feel good. That gummy, I don't care what Mercury retrograde has, because uh, nothing does anything to us. Mercury retrograde ain't done nothing to us, but... Some of the events and the communications and the travel and all the things that Mercury retrograde affects the, um, the, the 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 way we travel our cars and and the way we communicate our phones and computers. Okay, I don't care what's gone wild during this time. If you have the ability still to carry out an unselfish act, if you have the ability still to show compassion to your fellow man, that's that gum something to feel good about, okay? That makes a difference whether you have the perspective to be able to see that right now or not. I'm here to tell you, if you're still in, you know, even the half throwaway mindset to do something for somebody else, even if it's saying a prayer, then you're good, Okay? This is the energy with Venus sextile Neptune. The spiritual love can be expressed through um, religious or other spiritual group activities. Um, a group meditation would go perfectly under influence like this, right? Intuition will be heightened, and we can gain valuable insight through our dreams and visions. Not only is Neptune ruling the film, it's ruling the dreams, okay, and the, the intuition, the psychic visions, the um, if you already have psychic talent and ability, it will be very stimulated over the weekend, okay? Um, Venus is uh, sextiling Neptune in the natal chart. Oh, it's like everything I've described is just associating with uh, or attributing that to a person. So these people that are born under influence, if we have any babies being born, delivered this weekend, they're going to be more passionate people, Right? 
They're going to be more romantic and sensual. They're probably going to be very good-looking and charming. They're going to be engaging and a pleasure to be around, okay? They're going to have a real amorous allure to them. Um, they're probably going to be real popular. They're going to be one of the popular people um, uh, because they do enjoy having a lot of friends and being involved in groups of like-minded people. Uh, they're probably going to attract partners or uh, their ideal partners will be affectionate, loving, tender, you know, easy on the eyes, just like they are. Um, they tend, they're going to tend to have more spiritual or soul unions, okay, um, in addition to they're going to look for that as well as the erotic imagination in the bedroom, okay. Probably going to have a talent for decorating. They're, they're going to be people who place great values on having a nice home, um, uh, or um, they're going to prefer peaceful surroundings and kind people. Um, they'll be selfless, selfless, compassionate. So, yeah, all the things I was saying about the transit, they're going to have these as personal uh, attributes. Some celebrities we know of that were born under this influence, Donna Summer, Beyonce, Michael Jordan, Seal, Zoe Kravitz, Little Richard and Jesse. I want to say something else for Jesse Jackson. <laughs> okay. So um, Capricorns, Deacon 1, those born December 22nd to 31st, you got Venus in your Deacon, you got Neptune sextile in your Deacon, okay? Uh, Venus in your Deacon is definitely allowed. Well, you know, this... Uh, uh, Venus is in your deacon, uh, Capricorn, Deacon 1, so it was born December 22nd to 31st from January 23rd to February 1st, okay? And so um, it's just allowing for a full expression of your love nature and creativity. You're feeling beautiful, as you should, and so that radiates from you. As you're radiating that beauty, Capricorn, Deacon 1, it's coming back to you, right? You're attracting beautiful people and things into your life. Uh, between the dates of January 23rd and February the 1st while Venus is in your deacon. And so it's an excellent time for giving and receiving love and affection, spending time with loved ones and socializing. And it's one of the best transits of all for finding new love. And I would go, I would definitely add in there, um, these horoscopes are from, which ones are these from? Astrology Kings. But, um, I would I would definitely add not only for finding new love Capricorn Deacon ones but for restoring love. Uh, Mercury retrograde may have caused I'm here to tell you I'm a witness. <laughs> Mercury retrograde means you get rid of something or somebody in a Mercury retrograde if you want to. Guess what? Oh, they coming back. If you want to get rid of them for good, don't do it while Mercury is retrograding because it's like throwing a boomerang. They're going to come right back. So I thought I'd throw that in there for my Capricorn Deacon ones, um, that Venus being in your Deacon, if you need to restore a relationship, if you need to, you know, get back on track with somebody up until February 1st, it's very conducive for that. Neptune, Neptune sextile in your Deacon is a, a softening influence in wells, as well, so shouldn't be too bad. Pisces Deacon 1, those born February 19th to 28th, Venus is sextiling your deacon, okay? 
These are sextile is an opportunity to access that harmonizing energy. So you've got opportunities with love and money, Pisces, Deacon 1. Um, you're feeling energetic about expressing love and affection and making the genuine effort to please and to share your warm feelings. Uh, you, you have especially good social skills now, so making new friends or lovers is favored because people are appreciating your friendly attitude and your pleasantness. Um, and with Neptune being in your deacon, you should also enjoy a surge of creative imagination uh, with this transit here on this weekend. I just say the weekend because when you talk about Venus and Neptune, I'm, you're going to add a day or two on the front and back of the transit anyway. So if it's exact on Saturday, go on and throw in Friday and Sunday with it too. And you may even throw in Thursday. Uh, you may begin to feel this influence as early as tomorrow and see it linger as late as uh, that will be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, okay? For my cancers, Deacon 1, those born June 21st to July 1st, uh, Venus is opposite your Deacon, okay? So up until the 1st, Cancer Deacon 1, um, the increase in the increased activity in the love and relationship department it will still have you feel like indulging in more pleasure, okay, than work. And so it can be difficult um, if you've got to attend something important um, or, or attend to important duties and responsibility because of your lax or laissez-faire attitude right now, okay? That's why it you. Unless you're already a lazy bum, <laughs> you know, this too shall pass, this influence of feeling like doing more pleasure than work, it will pass. Uh, you can look for it to pass after the first of the month. Um, Neptune is trining your deacon, Cancer, so that is just even more beautiful than the sextile because it's just that easy flow. It's giving you the heightened sense of being connected with others, okay? Uh, you're able, uh, under, it's, in, it's trining your deacon for the entire year, okay? So, this influence you can look to um, going forward as well, more easily expressing your spiritual and caring side, being able to pick up accurate psychic impressions from others, a great transit for relationships, and should deepen the spiritual connection between you if you're partner, partnered up with anybody in business or romance, okay? And there's also a really good chance if you're single um, for my Cancer Deacon ones. Um, a good chance of meeting an ideal partner, okay, that soulmate um, that you can really connect with, okay? Especially since I told you that we're going to have this exact same transit May 9th of this year and November 19th of this year, okay? So we're going to get a little bit of chance to practice. Virgo Declines, um, born August 23rd to September the 2nd, Venus is trining your deacon. So, of course, my Virgo Deacon ones, everything in your world seems beautiful now. You feel beautiful and easygoing. Life hopefully has been flowing smoothly with very few cares or worries. Come on, Virgo. Y'all ain't got nothing to tell me. First of all, Venus is trining your Deacon. Now, I'm going to get to this later. Neptune is opposing your Deacon, but God knows. Jupiter is in your deacon. Ain't nobody trying to hear nothing about no Virgo having it hard right now. If you're a Virgo having it hard, you, considering that Neptune is opposing your deacon this entire year and that um, 
of course, can lead to the disbelief, the fear, or the confusion, I would just say to, you know, uh, increase the, the Neptune influence on the highest levels in your life because you can access it is still uh, a Neptune opposition. It may be a tug of war, but it is also an opportunity for perfect balance, okay? So increase that unconditional love. Increase your openness and willingness to receive that unconditional love, okay, and give it. Increase your compassion. Increase your willingness to uh, serve and help those less fortunate. Okay, because y'all got it too good to be talking to me about empty thing other than whoop, whoop. <laughs> so definitely with Venus trining your deacon right now, your loving attitude um, is meaning that people are responding to you more with kindness and affection. Um, social activities of all kinds have been our favorite for you and uh, just means it's the ideal time for parties, relaxing, love relationships, and especially dating. That only lasts um, till February the 1st for now. Um, lastly, actually, no, I pretty much got something for everybody. So this weekend, I got something for everybody. All right, Scorpio Deacon Ones, October 23rd to November 1st. You got the Venus sextile, too. That's reducing the unpleasant impacts of the full moon. Um, if 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 it was that way for you to an extent, um, mutual love and affection favors closer bonding. It's also a good omen for dating. Um, if you've been subject to abuse at work or at home, this Venus transit will ease that transition away from such negative relationships and, and environments. And then you've got the Neptune trine Scorpio, so uh, Deacon One. So you know, increasing your interest in spirituality. All the things I was advising Virgo to do, it um, should be easy and flowing for you to do, um, making you more compassionate, imaginative, and idealistic. Um, it's a great transit that Neptune's trining your deacon all year for relationships and should deepen that spiritual connection, okay, and increase the chance of uh, you meeting an ideal partner if you're single and looking. Taurus deacon one. Those born April 20th to 30th, you've got the Venus trine, whoop, whoop, um, fostering the peace and the harmony in the relationship. Money matters, Taurus. We know you all about that money. Money matters should be going well for sure through February the 1st. And um, this could uh, be a good time for actually spending on fashion, cosmetics, and jewelry. Neptune is sextiling your deacon, Taurus, so, you know, that's that soothing in um, on transit like this one. Um, so that just, it just is bringing out the best. And then Taurus, your Venus rules. So y'all should really, really love this weekend. Libra Deacon 1, those born September 23rd to October 2nd. You got the square. My card, my cardinal signs. Oh, that's why I, before I fix my mouth to complain, I just think, well, that gun, would I really want to be a cardinal sign right now? I mean, we all have our own challenges. Nobody has it worse than the other. But for my Libra Deacon ones, Venus is squaring your deacon um, uh, through the first. And so it's increasing this feeling of needing love and affection, okay? Um, uh, there may be a little friction. Venus squares aren't like other squares because it's Venus we're talking about, the very harmonizing, beautifying planet. 
So even if there is a little friction, uh, it won't be so bad. It shouldn't be so bad. Um, if you do have to go to work, it may be difficult to kind of get into the groove because you would rather just be enjoying yourself. That's the, the challenge of the Venus square is you really want to just enjoy yourself. <laughs> so um, Aries, Deacon 1, those born March 21st to 30th, you've got the Venus square, okay? It's a slightly challenging impact once again, um, but it, it suits you if you're wanting to relax or take a day off, okay? Um, it'll be easy to lounge around, but you might find it difficult to get motivated for work or to attend to important duties. So um, this transit can indicate relationship tension, but the soothing full moon of the that just passed uh, should ha have helped with the smoothing things out for you, Aries, okay? Because it was in Leo that trines Aries. So that full moon for my Leos, for my Aries, and my Sagittarius is should have brought a bit more easier influence um, than some other full moons. Some full moons that illuminate that illuminating light of the full moon just throw your whole world off. But for for my Aries, Leos, and Sagittarius, for sure, this one should have been a good, a really good one for you, for for us. And so, uh, but if if however Aries have been in abusive relationships, contentious relationships. Venus does highlight that problem because when there's an influence so beautiful, you know, on the scene like Venus, sextile, and Neptune, uh, it makes it glaringly obvious when stuff ain't right, okay? You can be going along just fine, but then when that light shines on it, the Venus-Neptune light, it's like, well, God dang, I didn't know it was this bad, or I didn't realize that I, I, I had let it get this deep or, or bad, Um but the full moon also should have, if you have been in something like that, the full moon should have definitely illuminated a way out uh, through such a crisis, through the types of action, you know. Okay, and Gemini and Sag, I'm wrapping up with y'all. Gemini Deacon 1, those born May 21st to 31st, you got the Neptune square. You and Sag have the Neptune square, okay, right now. Y'all are dealing with this. Venus sextile Neptune from that angle. And so uh, for my Gemini Deacon ones, an increased level of insecurity or confusion, disappointment in your profe uh, personal professional life. Um, but it's not all bad because that only leads to a reassessment of what's really important, okay? We've got to be able to Please, you know, make the heck out of this lemonade with these lemons real quick. So um, there there can be a heightened risk over the course of this year with Neptune squaring uh, for over-idealizing people or circumstances. Don't do I'm here to tell you don't do it. Don't give a suck of nothing. You know what I mean? Don't give for Gemini and Sag, and I know this ain't real easy for us, okay, because Gemini is a mutable sign and so is Sag. So we we can be real flexible and adapt to dang near anything. But the problem with over-idealizing a person or circumstances is that they're a, they, they have no accountability. 
if it don't matter what somebody do and you still going to shine a good light on them, oh, they didn't mean it. Oh, well, they just, and really they're awesome people, but they just had a bad rap in life. Don't do it. If you're a Gemini and Sag, you better not do it. Or you're going to find out Neptune is swearing the entire year for Gemini and Sag. So, hey, that mixed with these Mercury retrogrades, I bet you're going to figure it out. I don't doubt that. Um, life will teach us what we need to learn until we learn it. So if you're imagining that a prospective business partner or romantic partner is more genuine than they really are, or if you're expecting that any problems will just, oh, they'll work themselves out while you continue on a path that may not be right for you. The uh, possibility is heightened for that. For my Sagittarius, pretty much the same thing. Um, Exactly the same thing, okay? All righty, and then Saturday late night, 9.50 p.m. Central Standard Time, the moon enters Scorpio, okay? So it will have been void. Let me be clear on that. It will have been void for an entire day starting Friday night. So all day Saturday void. Don't you start nothing you actually want to see something come out of. Not this Saturday. You better take this Venus sextile Neptune and just enjoy yours. Ain't nothing too crucial getting done under a Venus sextile Neptune anyway. But uh, even more so, I just thought I'd mention it. And, yeah, not all day Saturday, but pretty much all day Saturday. Of course, Mercury retrograde. My page doesn't want to scroll down. Um, so... Pretty much all day Saturday, Saturday night, moon enters Scorpio, and, you know, this Venus-Neptune going on, what other moon sign is going to emotionally satisfy us than Scorpio? So Scorpio is really sultry. It's deep. It's secretive and mysterious. It's not surface level. So if you do meet someone, you know, this ideal partner under this influence, um, It'll be very satisfying to go deep with this person, even if it's the first time you meet. And, and when I say go deep, I mean just the, the, the spirituality that I was talking about with Venus sextiling Neptune. Um, normally, well, I don't know, but I wouldn't think that people could even get real deep on spiritual topics, religious topics. Yeah, probably talk about them, but... Yeah, under this influence, with Moon entering Scorpio Saturday night, let's just say you met somebody Sunday, right? Y'all could probably talk for hours first time y'all meet just because of the level of intensity that is emotionally satisfying us combined with the Venus-Neptune influence hovering even more so than that. So um, apart from that, though, when the Moon's in Scorpio, any kind of depth, deep work uh, in our imagination, in our soul. Um, it's a fixed sign, so it's the very opposite of a mutable sign. It's in, completely inflexible and not adaptable. <laughs> so uh, that's it. my brain automatically wants to put together 85 million scenarios of how all this can work out, but I'll just give you all the nuts and bolts of it, and you all can have that kind of fun in your own imagination. Um, we're, we're uh, obviously Scorpio is Pluto ruled. This is also ruling the eighth house of other people's resources. 
and inheritances. Um, it gives us like researcher detective eyes. We're we're, we're emotionally satisfied by stuff like that, going deep into a, any creative work that we're doing. Um, our psychic radar is stronger. You know that intuition. Um, uh, because we have such a keen awareness that there's so much more beneath the surface, right? And so um, we're, we're motivated and emotionally satisfied by the deep driving forces within ourselves and others, okay? It doesn't scare us off so much. That's what I was uh, relating to, you know, meeting someone new. We wouldn't be scared to go deep. We're going to want to go deep this weekend. Um, no small talk, uh-uh, deep conversations that unravel, you know, psychological puzzles and dilemmas, right? We want to get to the cause of any of our current suffering that we may still be going through. We we will dig it out. And we're willing to go into the, this dangerous psychic territory because we know that's the only way to fully heal. Pluto is associated with the, the deep psychological healing, okay? You're not going to have no one consult and be good. We're going to have to follow up on this. We're going to have to see deep. We're going to have to go back. And so we find ourselves fascinated, emotionally satisfied with the darker side of life and the darker side of ourselves. This is really good for shadow work, if you know what that is. Um, the the doors that are marked enter at your own risk. We like open that sucker up and be like, "Hey, what's up? I'm here." <laughs> um, uh, a lot a lot can be uh, anything you want to transform is going to be good to do under a Scorpio moon, okay? Because we're emotionally satisfied uh, by transforming ourselves and things in our immediate environment, okay? That that is the end of this week. Finally, what an hour in, we are moseying on into the week ahead, and this should really catch us up, guys. I wanted to catch up last week, but it just did not happen. And before I move on to the week ahead, I do see a hand up, and I did say I would take calls. I just will be following up today, and if this is Patricia. Cool. <laughs> and if it's not, I'll talk to you after the show, Patricia, hopefully. All right, call it from the 862239. Peace, you're on the air with Mama Dada, who is on the line. Hi, Mama Dada, this is Hadassah. You don't have to take the call now. You can go into the next week. I am definitely going to call. I've been wondering about you, so I'm going to call you after the show, after I reach out to Patricia. Is that cool? I can't wait. Yes, absolutely, and I appreciate Time last week, believe me, I do. Oh, it was my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. I'll put you back on hold, okay, Hadassah? Okay, no problem, though. All right. Yay! That was such a... I'm telling y'all, I attract (laughs) clients and callers that are just... This ain't their first astrological rodeo, but for whatever context I happen to add to or give, they appreciate it, and it just is a win-win for all parties involved. You know, I may get, you know, compensated for a report I do or or an hour-long consultation, but what I get in return, I promise you, is, is equal. It really is, and it just does my heart good to know that 
a, a, a path that I have chosen for myself. I promise you nobody chose this for me. I was never encouraged to follow the path that I'm on by nobody that I know. Nobody. Nobody was like, oh, you want to be in a, a professional practicing astrologer? Oh, how awesome. Let me, you know, contribute to your, you know, study and education. Let me help you get the equipment that you need to do this out of the third. Mm-mm. I got astrologer. Oh, girl, you know you're going to hell. Girl, you better not do it. That's, the de- that's of the devil. That's evil. <laughs> so I am... It, it, I, I feel more compelled to put myself, and I used to, it couldn't stand it when people would say that, well, I'm self-made, I made myself, you know, but I, I feel more like that now than ever. Now, I know to be true that I would not be here. God, God get out and went all this far without acknowledging. I'm so glad I remembered, but that, that's what sparked my remembrance. I, I, I'm here because of our divine and righteous ancestors, I say, I'm so thankful, and I am here uh, because of Brother Ampu uh, taking, I say taking a chance. He didn't know, you know, he just knew me as a student. He didn't know what I was going to get on this radio on his channel and do. And so I definitely have to give it up to him as well. I appreciate you, Brother Ampu. I appreciate you, Minister Drew. I appreciate you, Keisha. I appreciate you. Amenti, I appreciate you, Tanika. The Mac team is indispensable, and I just appreciate y'all. Let me slide on through here and do what I do. <laughs> I love what I do. All right, the week ahead, Saturday, January the thirty first, through uh, through uh, uh, February the sixth. Y'all bear with me just for two seconds while I readjust my headset. I had a uh, scar phone, and I get real hot when I'm doing this show. It's being on the stage. You just The energy is just surging through you. Okay, we start the week, of course, with that moon in Scorpio. We start the week off deep, you know, being emotionally satisfied by the deep. And uh, then on Sunday... So we don't have anything going on until Sunday evening, 9.28 p.m. Central Standard Time. We got that third quarter moon, okay? Today, um, actually, 5.54, here in another just few minutes, 5.54 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have the disseminating moon. I don't think I've even ever said that on this show, but y'all know the moon goes through different phases, and one of them is called a disseminating phase. We started that today. In this phase, the moon is waning, right? It was just full last week, the full moon in Leo. And then it's waning at this point, and it's halfway between that full moon of last week and that third quarter moon uh, coming up here next Sunday. So today is that halfway point between the full moon and next Sunday. And so... In the, in the phase that started today, disseminating, um, it's the planting cycle that corresponds to the first appearance of the plant's fruit, right? Okay, new moon, we plant the seed. You don't see nothing because you just put that sucker underground. 
and then we, we're going through these phases, and, you know, stuff's happening underneath before we ever see anything on, uh, on the surface, right? And then we get to this disseminating moon. This disseminating moon is that first little appearance of, of what you planted, the fruit, right? Um, the plant has grown up, and, and, and now the fruit is starting to appear. And so how that corresponds to us in our daily lives is just this being a time to shed our light, okay? We're filled with the knowledge of what has been accomplished in a particular field of endeavor from the new moon to now, and our purpose is to share it with others. Anything you feel accomplished in, in a field or an endeavor since the new moon, share that. I don't care if it's one piece of fruit or if you got a plant full of fruit. Whatever you got to show for what seeds got planted at the last new moon, uh, the new, it would have been the new moon in Capricorn on January the 9th. Time to share that. This is the season starting today to share that. Uh, that's why it's called disseminating. We're sharing or disseminating what we've learned. Uh, at this time, we're more objective, right? Um, so appropriate activities during this phase are going to be the teaching, okay, the disseminating, the demonstrating, the sharing of the knowledge. Um, if you're in, specifically pertaining to business, spreading the word, promoting uh, and any uh, publicity is going to be appropriate now. Now to move on into the third quarter phase, which is the phase that occurs next Sunday night, right? It's exact next Sunday night on the 31st, and so this particular planting cycle actually represents the beginning of the end because it's that last major cycle before we have yet another new moon here on February the 8th, right? So it's uh, next, next Sunday night represents the beginning of the end when the plant is harvested, okay, you done got all the good fruit you can get off of it, and you shared your abundance, right? And the parts remaining start to wither and die back into the ground. And what is left of the fruit also begins to prepare it or replanting, right? And so here next Sunday night, we're going to be tearing down. It's the beginning of the end, right? So we're tearing down the old structure and we're preparing the way for the new, the new moon. And uh, it, 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 it's a quarter moon, so it's, it's that 90-degree angle, that square, that challenge, that turning of a corner. And so we're not going to be able to get with the current scheme of things, and we're going to desire to change it. We're going to desire to change it because on February 8th, we're doing a whole new set of intentions. It's going to be the new moon in Aquarius. And trust me, you're not doing nothing at the new moon in Aquarius, the very sign of originality, the very sign of, you know, the rebel. You're not going to be doing nothing at that new moon that you did before, right? So you're turning a corner. You desire to change from the way that they are or have been. And uh, we're going to feel a divine or possess a divine core-level discontent at that time with the existing social structures that we find in our own environment, right? 
So that's that. It's, it's definitely a time going to be a time of action uh, signified by next Sunday night up until the new moon. Um, and it's, it's going to be about reviewing things, right, reviewing things. We're, we're turning the corner, right? So we're going to be reviewing, receiving, paying, planning, closing. It's the beginning of the end, huh? Sorting, storing, and reaping. The most suitable activities at the third quarter moon is going to be paying debt, asking for money. People owe us that money. You want to run me? Check in on that. If somebody owes you something, it's a good time to do it. Giving rewards, receiving rewards, making evaluations, we're turning a corner. So we got to check on our stuff before we turn real good. Before that new moon hit, let me check on this. We're going to be taking inventory. We're going to be tying up loose ends. We're going to be dealing with people and matters from the past. We're going to be contacting people from the past. This may be, you know, when something triggers that you threw out in the Mercury retrograde may come on right on back to you. We're going to be dealing with endings. We're going to be acting with wisdom and maturity, and we're going to be letting go if necessary. Now, this would be a time to let something go. This is the time at the third quarter moon to be accountable and to follow the rules. It's when following the rules is most appropriate. Okay? Whatever you got to tie up before that new moon at the at Sunday night is triggering you us to go on and wrap up whatever whatever was going to come of the new moon in Capricorn, January the 9th. We would have been between January 23rd when the Leo full moon hit and Sunday night when this third quarter moon comes in, you would have, you would have seen it between that full moon and, and Sunday, right? If nothing came of it, let Sunday trigger for you. Okay, let me get my, I just got through telling y'all, it's the signifying turning a corner. Let me, let me take inventory of, you know, let me uh, pay attention to, you know, letting go of, of whatever I didn't get accomplished from that new moon in Capricorn so I can start getting ready for this next new moon. Because that's the great thing about these cycles. You're not going to miss nothing. You're going to get a divine opportunity to try again. Maybe it didn't work out so good this January, the ninth Capricorn new moon, because Mercury was retrograde. Who knows? Not that Mercury retrograde did anything to you, but at the same time, it's a lot of people running around out here that is unconscious <laughs> of a Mercury of a, even the, of the sun, and it's powerful influence. Suck a rise and shine on you. I bet you think it's really above your head, don't you? And so when we're dealing with life unconsciously, we can't take advantage of things, and we sure can't take advantage of them ahead of time. So that's that. January 31st, right after that. That happens at 9.28 p.m. At 9.41 p.m. Central Standard Time, Mercury squares Uranus. So we're heading into this time of re-evaluating, tying up loose ends and taking inventory with the same influence that we had uh, 
about a week, uh, January 20th. January 20th, we had Merck uh, Square Uranus. We're having it here again, January 31st, and we're going to have it again, July the 11th. Y'all remember Mercury Square Uranus, don't you? Go back to my show called Inter Aquarius and Last Full Week of Mercury Retro. That's where I talk about the Mercury Uranus Square. So, January 20th passed. Um, any excitement and change to your daily routine and interaction since then? Any uh, Anything causing upset and nervous tension, receiving shocking news, experience something? We just went through this um, for, I already closed that out. But, yeah, uh, the anxiety and the stress that may have been caused um, that somewhat possibly may have been alleviated if you were able to actually postpone and important meetings or appointments. Uh, we were being called with this transit to think twice before we made any bold statements to double-check our travel plans because we got Uranus here in that square uh, to Mercury. So... Um, Making spontaneous decisions and agreeing to things on the spur of the moment was not what that was, and it still ain't, because we got here next Sunday night, which obviously, with Mercury and Uranus, you can add on a day or two on on both ends of it, right? And so I had a few little personal anecdotes. I'm starting to, like, write more, because I read these, um, you know, horoscopes and different things, and it's just... pretty much says what I would say, but it's like, you know, I have my own special style of stuff. So my little synopsis and observation of uh, Mercury squaring Uranus was just that the energy of Uranus being in Aries has assisted definitely with being more willing to make a clean break from the past. Now, whether that break has actually happened or not remains, but, you know, the willingness be, to even consider it and be open to it. That's what Uranus and Aries has meant to me. Um, being more willing to make a clean break from the past in honor of forging ahead towards what, here goes the, here goes the Aries that Uranus is in, this part of it. So we're, we're making more willing to make a clean break from the past, forging ahead towards what I need, my freedom, okay, and independence in such unique and original ways setting us apart. And so no precedent. Uranus is the rebel now, and Aries is the and, and sets off the whole zodiac. So there's this initiatory influence. Um, and although no precedent has truly been set, I am being called to break through courageously and boldly go where others tremble to go. That's Uranus and Aries the Uranus part of the Mercury Uranus square. As far as Mercury and Capricorn, to me it just signifies the karmic responsibility that I have to communicate soberly, practically, or not, cutting the fat and understand that every message, every business or commerce transaction, and any local or stateside travel during this time has an impact through more than just this lifetime, okay? 
And for those who somehow don't have an understanding of different planes of awareness, I would say uh, during this time, if you don't believe in multiple lifetimes. So the caution that I received, you know, studying this transit was to not become too rigid in our thinking while while mental mercury is going through such a Oh, Capricorn, ruled by Saturn. It's just, I'm, I have a lot of Jupiterian influence in my chart. So Saturn, I just, I tend not to light up when I see the Saturnian or the Capricorn influence. But it is so divine and so karmic. But um, the 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 caution was to not come across as too cold or harsh. There is a fine line between realism, which Saturn Capricorn brings, and pessimism, which is just the extreme, the taking being real to the extreme. And so uh, that's been something I've had to continuously remind myself of. Now, the square between the two, Uranus and Aries and Mercury and Capricorn, has just provided the challenge, okay, the divine opportunity for growth and development. Um, it is happening to build more depth and strength of character, patience, and perseverance. I feel as though I am being finally turned a corner. We got the square again, right? So the square is making me feel like I'm being forced to finally turn a corner. And I sense the divine opportunity to relearn the lesson. Mercury's been retrograding, um, so it's causing all the RE words relearn revise, review, revisit, and I sense the divine opportunity to relearn the lessons of everything that comes from learning your lessons. That's the beauty if there is <laughs> if there's beauty to behold in Saturn and Capricorn, it's that once we finally do learn these lessons, there is reward. So, uh, you know, I'm getting a divine opportunity to relearn the lessons of those rewards, of advancement, of luck and optimism as well, and I'm thankful for each lesson as a result. Who knew or who would think you would have to relearn or learn how to be lucky, how to advance, and how to be optimistic? But a lot of this stuff, and I know I'm not alone, that we've been, this territory we've been trudging through of Mercury and Capricorn, um, you know, for some of us, who maybe did go off into the pessimism, oops, you know, we went a little too far with taking things seriously and, you know, maturing and being responsible, and we may have dipped our little pinky toe into pessimism. And so, yes, some of us are having to relearn how to be optimistic, how to just go on and slap that smile on your face and let the feelings catch up to it. Go on and, you know, uh, there is a, uh, oh, God, y'all have to look at this on YouTube. It's called LaGuardia. The channel is LaGuardia Cross. I'm tell- If I'm having a rough day, <laughs> baby, it's this man. He's married and his little girl, and he's, like, chronicling her growing up. It's so cute. And, uh Oh, I can't be, I can't stay sad, I can't stay mad. I can't, it just immediately lifts my spirit. So I've been even personally having to relearn some of these lessons that on the outset you would think it's so simple. How do you have to relearn to be lucky or optimistic? Well, sometimes when you done ditch your pinky toe in the pessimism, that's the road getting back, okay? 
And so um, I am no longer taking things like the ability to see the glass half full or to see the bigger picture or to think higher or to go on a long-distance journey of the mind to envision a brighter day for granted. I'm valuing these things so much higher now. And so what amazing gifts born of restriction, new and renewed responsibilities and unexpected events. Um, Okay, what amazing gifts, yes, that have been born of the restriction, the new and renewed responsibilities, the unexpected events, the breakdowns, and I put breakthrough with breakdowns because if if you broke down during Mercury Retro, guess what? Take take heart in knowing that you breakthrough is right after, okay, and the suddenly. So, just to re um, refresh or recap, cancers, my cancers. I'm I'm talking to all the cardinal signs here. Um, Mercury is opposite <clears throat> cancer, right, in Capricorn. So you've got the conflict, the tension, the ego versus the rational thinking, and it's been really easy for you to put others off. Cancer, you're also dealing with the year in a square. So the forced unexpected changes and the increased stress levels. Y'all, you know, continue to relearn these lessons of optimism and luck and advancement there, there. Capricorn, you've had Mercury conjunct or in your sign, right? So you've had the heightened senses. It's been hectic or busy. You've had the extra course, probably ain't never seen as much mail and messages <laughs> that you have here uh, during Mercury in your sign. So you have necessarily had to get quiet, okay? Make sure you have the time in your day to relax, to combat and ward off the nervous irritability. You've also been dealing with the Uranus square just like cancer. So the stress levels and the um, unexpected force changes um, were, are are still in play as well. Aries, y'all have had the Mercury square. That's the friction. Well, Aries and Libra, y'all dealing with the square. Uh, friction, the tension, the increased mental activity, the nervousness, the rush thinking, the slip-ups, the possible arguments. Um, for Aries, though, Uranus has been in your sign. So that's positive changes and, you know, higher self-awareness as opposed to Libra dealing with the opposition. And so y'all have been um, dealing with the change and the uncertainty, right? So that is Sunday night. We got the third quarter moon and then this resurgence or this, uh, we're seeing again this Mercury square Uranus. Then we've got I got, I'm I'm one of those people that has like three trillion windows open, okay? So I'm trying to toggle back and forth. It's not core. There we go. There we go. Okay. So then we've got um, going into Monday, pretty quiet at the beginning of the week. We, we have these powerful influences right there Sunday night, but then Monday's pretty chill. We do have a 15-hour and 15-minute void, of course, moon. That comes in with the moon sextile to Jupiter, which should feel really divine, um, 6.35 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday night, okay? And so overnight, should get really, really good sleep at, on Monday night. And then Tuesday rising, 9.50 a.m., 
the moon enters Sagittarius, okay? So all things Sagittarius or Jupiterian or ninth house are going to emotionally satisfy us. It'll it'll make us feel good to expand our horizons. Anything that you don't normally do is going to expand your horizons. Uh, I don't care if you're reading a book. Uh, this, yeah, is on Tuesday morning, so... Um, reading a book, traveling somewhere you haven't been, um, talking to a a foreign person, you know, um, so many things. But um, it's very spiritual. So going even on a spiritual journey while the moon is in Sag is going to be very satisfying to us. Um, We're just going to want to expand in every way and advance and grow and, and mental ways, of course, but even emotionally and and physically. Um, So that is that. Under that influence, on Wednesday, early rising, 4.53 a.m. Central Standard Time, we've got Mars sextiling Pluto. And I'm not going to take these one by one. What I'm going to say is so powerful when I was putting this together to see this. I'm, I'm... I guess because I've had such a rough go, this Mercury retrograde, my heart is for the others that have as well, right? And maybe that's why, one of the reasons why I'm here, to just shine that light. Next week, Wednesday, I mean, if you've been waiting on the day to just feel real good and feel good about yourself, what you're doing, the people around you, how things are going, oh, baby, okay, first, on Wednesday at 4.53 a.m., Mars sextile Pluto, what hours later, 6.36 a.m. Central Standard Time, Mercury sextile Chiron, the wounded healer, right? Another good one. And then uh, 12.17 p.m. Central Standard Time, same day, Wednesday, February the 3rd. Y'all don't sleep on next Wednesday because the sun is sextiling Saturn. You put it all together, and it just is a day where what can go right really should go right, Um, and even more so if you're consciously aware of it. Um, Once again, please don't want to scroll, but that first influence of Mars and Pluto, we've seen Mars and Pluto and Mercury and Pluto here recently, and if it's in a challenging aspect, it can get really real. But it can also get really real when it's in a harmonizing um, aspect. With Mercury sextiling Pluto, we're being given the energetic ability to successfully focus on our goals. Come on. To take decisive action, to go after what we want without stepping on others' toes. That's powerful. I'll take that. <laughs> Um, I usually don't mention sextiles, but like I said, I'm I'm reaching for whatever I can and sharing that as well to help us all lighten our load a little, especially to know that these energies and influences are supporting us. They're not always challenging us. Um, but when we get to the Mercury tile that wounded healer, Chiron, here we have an excellent period for opening up communications with others, okay? Mercury having retrograde may have blocked off, especially going through Capricorn, restricting those communications and putting boundaries on those communications. That Wednesday, on the communication day, come on, Mercury rules Wednesday, is uh, Mercury sextile Chiron to give that divine opportunity for healing. We're going to be more sensitive than we usually are. 
which is going to help make us more willing to listen. We're going to be able to get our point across a little easier. And it's not only going to be about the words we choose to communicate, um, but intuitively we're going to be able to express the meaning and intention behind the words. We're going to be able to effectively use words to heal and comfort next Wednesday, a week from today, right? And we're going to be open, more open to new ways of looking at problems or at life in general. And then we round it out with that sun sextile Saturn, same day. And that's going to give us the ability to feel grounded and stable. It's not always, you know, I'm not always looking crazy when Saturn comes around because it does provide that stability, okay, and the endurance and the lasting influence. And so it'll be easy under that influence to pick a, to stick to a specific task and make headway. Um, the, the, pro, the, uh, the productivity may be slow, but it'll be steady, okay? You're going to be able to see some kind of progress. And we're going to be able to take into account practical considerations. And we're going to be especially aware of the element of time. We're going to have a conscious awareness of time. Um, We're going to be more able to discipline ourselves. And we'll be able to put our egos aside in order to get the job done. Okay, that's all Capricorn Saturn is concerned about. Learning that lesson, getting that job done, that mission accomplished. That's Wednesday, powerful, powerful day. Thursday, um, the moon does go void early in the rising, 4.04 a.m., 4.04 on the 4th, come on, 4.04 on February the 4th, Central Standard Time, a.m., the moon, the moon contacting Jupiter keeps setting us off into these void. Of course, we have the moon conjunct Jupiter setting us off in void. Of course, we have moon sextile Jupiter, which I'll take both of those. This one happens to be a moon square Jupiter. Once again, anytime you've got that square to like Venus or the Jupiter, the caution is only not to overindulge or go too far or do absolutely nothing. And so that is in effect for 14 hours and 40 minutes most of the day. There at the end of the day, 6.44 p.m. Central Standard Time, the moon finally moves into Capricorn. More Saturn energy there. Um, And so obviously we're going to be emotionally satisfied to do all things Saturn, Capricorn, and the 10th house or the mid-heaven. That's going to be hard work is going to satisfy us starting Thursday night. Um, uh, being serious and mature and handling our business and responsibilities is going to emotionally satisfy us. Um, you know, being the boss. Capricorn is the boss, okay? So being the boss is going to satisfy us um, and, and and taking our time with things. Saturn ain't doing... Capricorn, Saturn rule is not doing anything in a hurry, right? So doing things that have lasting value, putting effort into things that will endure is going to be very satisfying to us. Uh, We are starting on Thursday evening, Friday evening. Friday evening, February the 5th, 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. We've got, ooh, 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 I I was looking forward to talking about this one. Venus conjuncting Pluto, okay? That's that love and money on amp, 
Love and money intensified. Love and money going deep because that's what the Pluto is bringing to this Pluto-Venus conjunction. Uh, It happened on January the 17th already. Uh, Oh, actually, I apologize. That was in 2013. I want to give you all these dates because you all may see a running theme if you look in your own life. Okay, we got it going on this coming up Friday Friday after this Friday, February the 5th. The last time Venus congested Pluto around that time, if it holds any significance to you whatsoever, take note of this. This, the, it's happened um, before that, November 15th of 2013 and January the 17th of 2013. This is the only time it's happening this year, and it won't happen. At, uh, no, no, I apologize. Um, it's happening on February the 5th and November the 25th of this year. So it's happening twice this year. But it didn't happen at all in 2015. And the last time it happened before that was December 20th of 2014. Now, when I describe this energy to you, maybe then it'll ring some bells, right? So here we have this extraordinarily passionate time for relationships of all kinds. We're focused. We're confident. um, We're getting new insights because it's such a deep, uh, influence. We're getting new insights into relationships and love, strong attractions. Come on. Hopefully not possessive and uh, stalkerish, but, you know, strong and it's deep. Um, it's a really all or nothing energy. That's what Pluto is, right? So we have the power of attraction at our disposal and a greater power to attract friends and lovers. It's a really magnetic attraction that pulls people in at the subconscious level. It's a deep attraction that's beyond surface or skin level. Um, And so the only problem to to really be made aware of with this kind of influence, I mean, we are talking about Venus here, love and money, and what we value. Uh, But if you consciously misuse your increased pulling power, right, So the tendency to, like, manipulate others by guilt-tripping them or using subversive tactics, no, 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 no. It'll only backfire on you. Uh, Nothing should be forced. It is a powerful influence, and and we do have the power to force, but that's not the the highest path to take. Um, We will, however, have the desire to sway, to coerce, and to manipulate others, we could, okay? But at the core of it, we just want to experience companionship at a deeper, more passionate, strong, and intense level, okay? Uh, We're just really wanting, and some people demanding a lot from partnership or friendship, and our, our, our need for love and affection just feels dramatically increased, powerfully increased, Um. Beware of the tendency toward possessiveness and jealousy in yourself and in others. Infatuation is great. And you could, we, this is an influence where you can fall deeply in love or maybe in love again, okay? But when you're getting to the stalking and the spying, uh-uh. and if you're married and you happen to have an affair during this time, it will likely have very serious repercussions. You may want to wait so you slide out 
or you may want to have a discussion to see if you can work it out. Um, but there is a tendency under this influence, if you're single, be aware to fall for negative or dangerous types of people like criminals or excessively heavy drug users. If you're in a healthy and happy relationship, then this transit can, you know, even lead to intense sexual experiences if your partner is willing. Um, you know, I don't know, bondage, probing, pain, it it is easily delved into under this influence. I'm not suggesting it, saying it. I'm just talking about the energies. Um, if you're single, then instant attraction could lead to a profound and karmic kind of relationship. Whether you're single or married, openly giving love and affection with no catches is the key to satisfaction. You're not going to be satisfied playing games under this influence. That's why if you were trying to step out and cheat, it's not going to work. Oh, it, the one time you have a, a guilty conscience about the stuff, it'll be this time. You know what I mean? And so um, it is a time, however, when we can be focused, confident, especially when it comes to handling business and finances and additionally within regards to love and partnership, okay? Uh, I put a little something on this one as well. Just Pluto being in Capricorn is intensely allowing for dogged determination, right, and highlighting the responsibility we all have to find our place in society and politics. Now, Venus conjuncting it just means adding beauty to the structures and the forms that we're creating, enhancing them. It means deeming or placing a high value on these lasting connections, on faithfulness and loyalty and reliability. That's general. That's for all of us. We're ready. We're already taking our love and money seriously with Venus being in Capricorn, giving ourselves time for important love and money transactions. And uh, we've also uh, possibly been a bit cooler, okay, the cooling effect, the cooling off effect in our relationships. So to me, Venus linking up with Pluto is just intensifying all that, okay? Some celebrities that were born with Venus conjunct Pluto in their charts. What a powerful influence to be born under. Um, in addition to the uh, Venus-Neptune we just had where Beyonce and Zoe Kravitz were in it, so have Venus um, conjunct Pluto in their charts, both of them. Isaac Hayes, uh, the chart for the city of Detroit and its inception, and uh, Alex Haley, Okay. And real quick, I'm just going to mention for my Deacon 2 Capricorns, um, this transit, uh, the Deacon 2 Capricorns are born between January the 1st and the 10th, and this transit from Venus is activating the profound relationships and intense drama of Pluto in your Deacon this year. I actually know somebody I used to work with that um, is included in this Deacon, and Pluto being in her Deacon really did or has um, transformed her life in, in a, such a profound way. Venus is also in your Deacon uh, Capricorn Deacon 2. So it just it favors the hosting and attending of parties. It rules the money as well as the love, and it should be a good time financially. Um, relationships, especially love re- relationships, should go well because of the attractive energy and increased um, per, uh, 
personal beauty. And this particular friend of mine, she actually just got engaged. She's been dating this guy for a couple of years. Tripped out parties when I worked with her. She was dating a whole other guy. And all my ladies know that transition period after the breakup, it's like you don't know and who's going to love me now. And, and here she is. She really did. She waited all this time, and she she got the ring, and they're, they're just a beautiful couple. Um, my Deacon 2 Cancers, those born July 2nd to 12th, Pluto is opposite your Deacon, okay? So all of your interactions, anything regarding other people, has just been intensified, your ego as well. Venus, additionally, obviously is opposing your Deacon, and um, uh, between January 31st and February 9th, the most interesting action occurs um, during that time, Deacon 2 Cancers. You're no doubt going to be feeling well out of your comfort zone, but it is this poking and prodding that forced you into situations that you haven't encountered before. And a feeling of not wanting to be there will be more than compensated for um, by the Mars desire for adventure. So look to your Mars Cancer, Deacon 2. Deacon 2 Aries, you got the Pluto square. It's bringing the power struggles and the major tests of the authority and influence, and you've got the Venus square um, throughout through February the 9th, and that just has the potential to increase the tension between lovers. Um, there's the tendency to lower your standards and accept second best under this lazy influence. Comfort eating or overspending could result from any disappointments in love, and overindulgence with money is something to be careful of at this time, as racking up unnecessary debt on the credit card is a real temptation. February 4th to 8th, specifically Deacon 2 Aries, test your loyalty, okay, as Venus gets hammered by Uranus and Pluto. Deacon 2 Libras, February 4th to 8th, does hold the potential to upset your love life with Venus activating the Uranus-Pluto square. And you've got Pluto square for the entire year. That's bringing the extreme of other people and circumstances, which means you have to stand up and be counted. You additionally have the um, the Venus square through the 9th of February, and so the tension to your love relationships and other close relationships is there. You may also feel the strain on your finances, Deacon 2 Libras. A lazy attitude and lack of motivation must be overcome. Um, uh, but overcoming is what stabilizes the chaos, like, it's happening for a reason, Deacon 2 Libra, okay? Um, and it's going to show you a new way forward through the drama. You may not be able to go around it or over it or underneath it, but you will be able to go through it, Deacon 2 Libras. Deacon 2 Taurus, y'all remind me of um, Virgo with this transit because y'all got the Pluto trine and the Venus trine. So Pluto is trining you um, the entire year, giving you awesome personal power and influence towards Deacon 2, those born May 1st to 10th, and the extreme boost to your ego and confidence give you the power to transform challenges into opportunities. Venus trining your Deacon until February the 9th gives you the ability to turn the other cheek and ease the fiery tensions created by the sun and Mars. If, however, those aggressive instincts dominate your love life and other close relationships, they could very well reach a low point. It should die down considerably throughout uh, till, through February the 9th. 
And new romance is possible if you're single or looking, and the sex would be wild. However, relationships started now are not for the faint-hearted. All right, Deacon 2 Virgos, born September 3rd to 12th. And somebody got left out because I didn't put a blasted label on it. That's so Mercury Retro. Oh, yes, it's right there. Okay, I scared myself. Deacon 2 Virgos, born September 3rd to 12th. Uh, February the 4th to 9th are the best days of the month for you. For your love life, they could be the best days of the whole year. Say that again, Mama Dada. Yes, Deacon 2 Virgos born September 3rd to 12th. Look out February 4th through the 9th because it's your time to shine. Pretty much like um, Pluto's shining your Deacon, just like that. Just like it was for Taurus, for Taurus and Venus is shining um, your Deacon as well. So you got that increased personal charm and beauty. The socializing is favored with your increased popularity, bringing compliments and enticing requests. Go ahead, Virgo. And existing love relationships benefit from increased affection, and this is an excellent time for dating and starting a new romance. Ooh, I want to know who this is. I actually didn't put it on there. Mm-mm-mm. And I can't waste my showtime doing it right now. But somebody got a Pluto sextile and a Venus sextile, and February 4th through 9th is the best time of the month, especially for romance forums. And if y'all just going to do some deductive reasonings on the ones I didn't say, huh, it's probably you. But the last one I do have is for Deacon 2 Pisces, those born February the 29th to March the 10th. For you, February 4th through 9th is the most intense time of the month, okay? But it, And it does favor love relationships. It's not a bad intensity. Pluto is sextiling your deacon after all. And so this is the year for you. Um, for uh, a powerful hidden force driving you towards success and intensifying all your relationships and experiences, okay, for the positive, it's an opportunity for harmonizing. And then with Venus sextiling um, through February the 9th, it's that same kind of increased opportunities for the love and the money. You know, you're energetic about expressing your love and affection. You're making genuine efforts to please and to share your warm feelings. And you got the good social skills going on now, so making new friends and attracting new lovers is favored uh, these, because these people are going to appreciate your friendly attitude and pleasantness. And then we wrap the week up, you guys, on Saturday, February the 6th. Um, the moon goes void, another contact to Jupiter, but this time we're getting back in on those harmonizing aspects. It's a trine to Jupiter that sends us at 9.54 a.m. Central Standard Time on Saturday, late morning, uh, for a couple of hours and five minutes uh, into void, of course, status. And so as of 10.39 a.m. Central Standard Time on Saturday rising, we uh, still in void, but the sun sextiles. Did I delete it? It's got to be Uranus because that's what's in Aries. So the sun sextiles Uranus. And then we finally move into the moon uh, going into Aquarius that afternoon. Uh, 11.59, actually that evening. Oh, I, I calculated that wrong. See, y'all, I typed the wrong thing. That's very Mercury retrograde, but I'm going to correct it by telling y'all. The moon is void, of course, pretty much all day Saturday. So 
from 9.54 a.m. Central Standard Time to 11.59 p.m. that night. That's when the moon enters Aquarius. Uh, Before that, though, while the moon is void, the sun does sextile Uranus. Under this influence, we're willing to adapt to new circumstances, ideas, and unfamiliar situations. The whole Uranus thing doesn't throw us of the unexpected and the sudden events doesn't throw us off so bad when the sun's sextiling it. So it's actually, you know, a good time to adapt to any changes. Um, It's a good time to join organizations and groups. Uranus also rules networking and groups. Um, It's a good time to attend meetings or social events uh, because they can be very enlightening. We can find creative solutions to problems under this influence and affect positive change. And once again, with any Uranus contact, flexibility, adaptability is the key to success. But under this influence, it should be a lot easier to bend, be flexible, and adapt. Moon enters um, Aquarius late, late, late Saturday night. Probably sleep already. Um, but that we're going to be very satisfied by all things Aquarius. Uranus will be satisfied to to go off the beaten path um, after Saturday um, night. I might as well say Sunday rising. And then that means I put, since I thought that was 11.59 a.m., the Mercury trine Jupiter, which we experienced Thursday, January the 14th already, all these Mercury transits, we've already experienced them. And we're experiencing them again now that Mercury has gone direct. So, yes, uh, Mercury is trining Jupiter, February the 6th, that's Saturday afternoon, 12.45 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, for the second time. It originally did it January the 14th. It will happen again February the 6th, and it will happen again April the 14th of this year. So that should be a familiar energy, um, the planning or setting off on a journey, the, the, the optimism and the good news coming in with Mercury trining Jupiter. We've got the news, which is the Mercury, and the good or the optimism, which is the Jupiter. They're in a very harmonious aspect, so it should be easy for research, study, socializing. It's an ideal time for entering into negotiations and signing contracts. That means business dealing should go well, and it's a good time for any legal matters. Um, It's one of the best transits for making plans because we have the good instincts and we're future-oriented and we're positive thinking. So it's an ideal time to clean up and organize anything in our lives. We've got the open-mindedness and the progressive outlook. Um, You know, when it happened on January the 14th, I actually received a powerful message that day, and I wouldn't necessarily say it was a good one, but um, it definitely caused me to make some different plans. And, um, you know, I, I was able to uh, to see the positive in it. It wasn't the easiest to, but, you know, it, it thankfully it happened under influence like this. You know what I mean? So the possibility and the energy is there. To, and it, it definitely did what it, uh, Mercury trying Jupiter um, transit is supposed to do, which is increase our general knowledge. <laughs> it definitely did that. And expand our horizons. Under this influence, we can meet a wide range of people. Um, because of there, there's an increase in social activity, making friends comes easily. And the, the, the connections we make under this kind of influence tends to be the mutually beneficial kinds, okay, that could possibly even prove 
profitable in the future. And the only thing only thing I want to mention to the cardinal signs, uh, you know, for Capricorn, I already let y'all know what Mercury conjunct or being in Capricorn meant for you. But having Jupiter trying your deacon, um, uh, it, it does end. Jupiter no longer will be trying Deacon 3 Capricorns born January 11th to 19th after February 29th. But before it moves on from trying your deacon, uh, you're really good. This last Mercury-Jupiter trine uh, before later on is going to be a gift. So definitely take advantage of that Capricorn Deacon 3s. Um, it's bringing opportunities for growth and happiness if you are so inclined to consciously participate. Deacon 3 Virgos, born September 13th to 22nd. Uh, Mercury's shining your deacon. That's awesome. It really is the most favorable transit because your thoughts are in harmony with your intentions. You're expressing yourself clearly and smoothly. It's a really ideal time to negotiate a better deal in the area of your life, in business, work, even personal relationships. And you can also play an important role as a mediator because you've got the easy flow of energy from Mercury to your deacon, um, deacon three Virgos then you take basically all that, the easy flow of great energy, and you're able to therefore be a go-between possibly and potentially between friends or families who are having difficulty. And then Jupiter is in your deacon, um, but that ends on February 29th for you as well. um, Happiness and good fortune is going to rub off on you via this transit before it gets out of there, okay? Um, Deacon 3 Cancers, those born July 13th to 22nd, I already let you know Mercury's been opposite you, your um, deacon. And then Jupiter, though, is sextiling your deacon. Now, it won't be after February the 29th anymore, um, but its goodness is really activated during this transit next week. So take advantage. Deacon 3 Aries, now y'all, I know y'all need to take advantage Mercury for um, Aries and Libra is trining. Even though y'all are dealing with the Mercury square, uh, Mercury trying Jupiter for my Aries is turning any bad news into good news and creating opportunity for growth out of any challenging situations. Um, it's a generous and friendly influence that will greatly reduce the risk of any disagreements or problems brought about by communication flip-ups and poor judgment you've experienced since Mercury retrograde. For my Libra Deacon 3s, um, October 13th to 22nd born, uh, the Mercury-Jupiter trine just increases goodwill and optimism so that progress can be made in any dispute. Use these days to mend broken relationships and gain a clearer understanding of your role in any of the misunderstandings. Deacon 3, y'all good on Scorpio, Mercury sextiling and Jupiter sextiling. Um, for my Pisces, uh, it doesn't look like I'll get to it, y'all. I got a few seconds left, but we can hit it next week, um, picking up where we left off. I so appreciate y'all's time, attention, great vibes, good energy. It's been another powerful show in the record book. Peace. Oh, I thought it would cut me off. I love y'all. Peace. <laughs> See you next week.